0: A very warm welcome to you from Equa Marketing. This presentation is brought to you by Equa.com, a leader in digital marketing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of GrowingDentist.com. I'm so delighted to have with me Dr. Ben Kekos today. He is is multi-talented. He has a company that does events where dentists learn and have fun at the same time plus he owns multiple practices, plus he's a coach. So um, I want to let Dr. Ben introduce himself to our audience. Dr. Ben, welcome.
1: Oh, thanks for having me so much. I really look forward to spending time with you and uh, sharing as much knowledge with, with your listeners as I can.
0: Thank you, Dr. Ben.
1: Why don't you kind of, you know, just to get people kind of,
0: um, to know you a little bit. Can you tell me a little bit about your journey? I know you mentioned you've been practicing for six years. Just give us some color as to where you Absolutely. are. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm a Georgia boy. Uh, uh grew up in Georgia. I attended the Medical College of Georgia and graduated there in 2011. And um, I followed a woman all the way to Louisiana. That's where I've been practicing ever since. I'm married with two. Two children. I spent my first two years out of school as an associate and then went into practice ownership four years ago. Bought my first practice, um, three years to the day exactly. Uh, I bought my second practice um, and we're just growing, growing. We love helping people. I love helping other dentists, I love helping my staff. Uh, I've had so many great mentors along the way uh, that I really feel an obligation to pay it forward and try to help as many people as I can.
0: It's amazing, Doctor.
1: Why don't we jump in? I know we talked about all kinds of topics
0: because, you know, you coach and you work with lots of dentists, so you're familiar with a lot of topics, both in your own practice as well as by your experience helping others. Let's focus today on culture. And if we have time, we'll get into other things.
1: So I, think you awesome, of, I think that's I think that's a great topic. We can really drill down on that one. That's awesome, Dr.
0: Why don't you start by, you know, defining culture for me? Because, you know, what's your definition of culture?
1: It's it's really hard for me to put together a concise definition. What culture means to me is it means having the right players on your team. It it's the way that your uh, employees interact with one another it's the way your employees interact with you. They interact with your patients it's the way you treat your patients it's the way you treat your employees uh it's the way that you deal with adversity it's the way that you deal with victory it's the way that you motivate your team um, and uh really it's it's the way that you um Guide your team away from a term known as an energy vampire. I got that term from a book uh, called The Energy Bus, which I would recommend that each and every one of your listeners. It's a pretty short, light read, uh, but it really helps to put things in perspective uh, if you're having trouble with motivation.
0: Once again, what's the name of the book, Doctor, and who's it by? If you know the name of the author, it's
1: called it's called the Energy Bus, and the author, the name of the author is eluding me right now. But you should be able to look that one up really easily. Easily, the okay. Energy Bus. Let's see here. It's it's probably in my here. It is. It's in my bookshelf. It's written by John Gordon.
0: John Gordon. Okay, perfect. Yeah, let's start at the beginning. So you know, I'm a new new dentist, or even I'm an experienced dentist, but, you know, morale is not that high, and I'm not that happy, and things are not going the way way they want. Like, what's the first thing you would tell them about culture? What's the number one thing you you would start with?
1: Yeah, what I would do, I would encourage your listeners to think about their ideal day how you want things to feel when you walk through the door, how you want things to look, uh, what you want the vibe to feel like, how how you want to, what what your perfect idea of the day would be, how your day would play out, how people would interact with one another, how your patients would interact with you, how your patients view your staff, and what it feels like when you leave the office, what it feels like when you go home. You know, I've seen both sides of the coin, and that's one of the things that led me to, a, I guess, a great transformation, revolution, culture revolution in my practice. I have um, zero of the employees in this office that I had when I purchased uh, the original practice four years ago, and by no means am I advocating going and firing anybody, Um, but you have to do What's going to make you happy, and you have to do, um, you have to employ people that can share your vision, can share your dream, that can share your core values, share your mission statement, and can help you realize the the dream that you have. Uh, You need people that have the same dream as you.
0: Right. So everything starts with the dream, right? So because you know how your day turns out. What kind of people you work. All of that has to support your dream, and and you. It's not just dream, as in like, oh, I want to be this amount of money and all that stuff. But dream, as in, you know, what what's your vision like? What's your what are you trying to do on this planet earth? What are you trying to accomplish? And uh, can you, if I may, I don't want to put you on the spot, but can you share your dream and how you arrived at it, as far as the practice is concerned? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and hey, you uh, you hit the nail on the head there with what you said. You know, when I was describing the dream to you a minute ago, never once did the money part enter into my mind. And uh, look, I'm a numbers guy. I scrutinize all my numbers. I know exactly where I am and how much I'm making and how much I'm spending. And that's super, super ultra important to me, but uh, not when we're talking about culture. Let me tell you a little bit about how uh, we start our day every day. And I'm going to read you a, a couple of things that we share with each other each morning to see if this helps clarify it. So we have a, a morning huddle every morning, first thing, uh, before we see any patients. And um, the the information in the morning huddle is pretty standard. We can go over that later if you would like to. i I'd venture to guess most morning huddles aren't much different. But here's, What I think is unique about my morning huddle, uh, before the way we start the morning huddle is uh, we rotate and each morning a different employee or myself will read the following three things. Here we go. Our core values, positivity, integrity, compassion, responsibility, punctuality, education, and self-improvement. Then we're going to read our mission statement. Our mission statement. We strive to provide the best patient experience in Louisiana, while at the same time delivering care that we can be proud of. And this is a, a third thing that I ran across, and this is very meaningful to me, uh, not necessarily from the religion aspect of it, but from what the message is. I believe no matter what your religion is or if you don't have any religion, you can still uh, benefit quite a bit from this next paragraph today. This is the beginning of a new day. God has given me this day to use as I will. I can waste it or use it for good. What I do today is important because I'm exchanging a day of my life for it. When tomorrow comes, this day will be gone forever, leaving in its place something that I have traded for it. I want it to be gain, not evil, success, not failure, in order that I shall not regret the price I paid for it. So we start our day with our core values, our mission statement, and then reading that quick paragraph <clears throat> just to get our minds in the correct frame, just to get everybody started. We may uh if I feel like the energy's low in the office, we may take a minute and we may each uh describe a few things that we're grateful for, or we may talk about a few things that went great the day before. Just to try to get the positivity up. You know, it's really amazing to me how much Your employees feed off of your vibe as a leader your vibe is contagious whether it's a good vibe or a bad vibe and the same thing is true with your patients Um, earlier in my career it was amazing to me when I made this realization that if I was having a a slower tougher month financially in the office with productivity in my my case presentation wasn't accepted as well, and my treatment acceptance numbers w- would decline. But then, if I was having a great month and my confidence was high, then it just seemed like it—it it was just a snowball effect. The better I did, the more the patients wanted to accept treatment, and the more uh, momentum we got as an office and as a team. So, after I realized that, I've made a concerted effort every single day to make sure that I'm I'm um, grateful for what i've got and that um i'm motivated and i focus on the good things as opposed to focusing on the bad things how's that for a start
0: you <laughs> just blew my mind i love that paragraph you just read to me
1: oh, and good. you know
0: it 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 puts everything in perspective right i mean you can get a lot of things back back but you cannot get your time back so if you're gonna invest been, that day, yeah. if you're gonna spend that day, you better spend it on something that you're gonna be proud of. You're gonna you better spend it on something commodity,
1: that's
0: commodity, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. You're,
1: you're exactly. right, you're right.
0: And I love that. And I also love the fact that, you know, you, you you're a you're a pretty good connector of dots. I mean you realized, you know, when you were having success, it breeded more success and you started thinking about what was the cause and probably when you're having success you are in a positive mindset. So now you create yeah. that positive mindset at the beginning of the day by talking about what I what what have you accomplished in the prior day? That's brilliant. You know, I kind of do the same thing. Every meeting we start with, you know, what are you happy about and why? Because it flips the entire relation, entire meeting into something of ideas and you know excitement and you know wow, you know this is amazing as opposed to well oh, this is wrong. I mean, we all have things because most of us are perfectionists. We always want things to be better, but that doesn't mean what we have is bad. You know, that doesn't mean that we are not living an amazing life in an amazing country. I live in Canada, by the way, but I guess we are kind of like the U.S.
1: We're neighbors (laughs) huh?
0: Yeah, I mean, we we are so blessed to, you know, have what we have. You know, so many people don't have, you know, even a bowl of, uh, you know, rice, so to speak, and... uh, Anyways, um,
1: Yeah, I'd love to expand upon what you said. You said that we're all perfectionists as dentists, and we're really, really goal-driven, so many of us. And right. I think that's a blessing and a curse. You have to learn to cope with that. Um, that is something that is hard for me. I have to really make an effort to enjoy my victories i really have a propensity to set another goal when i've reached a goal i'm setting another goal and never enjoying or relishing in the victory and so that that element of fulfillment is so hard for some of us goal-driven perfectionist type a types of folks dentists So you have to take a step back you know And and one of my mentors has got me doing this. This is something that's helped me so much is every night when I lay my head down, I really try to think about the things that went great for me today and the things I'm grateful for, you know, instead of focusing on the next goal and, and not realizing how far you really come and how good you really have it.
0: Absolutely. And, um, just to kind of share a personal story, you know five years ago, I kind of woke up and I thought I have everything I ever wanted when i was ten you know ten years prior to that, and I felt miserable and I realized all these external things you know don't really make you happy, and I kind of had to go through a personal journey and kind of figure out you know what's my purpose, why am I here and I realized usually what makes you happy is you know you know kind of getting to know you and figuring out why you are here. On this Earth for and then kind of fulfilling it and and just serving others, because when you're serving others and you you know in whatever capacity doesn't matter what your job is, you know uh, that's really where most of us i mean almost all of us and hap- gotta get our you know get our happiness because you know those external things yeah. for one day you are really happy and the next day it becomes old, yeah,
1: you know you know my practice uh from a financial standpoint has tripled uh in four years. And, um, you know, you're so right that the fulfillment, the happiness doesn't come from the money. You know, I, I, I don't, I haven't even changed my salary, you know, so I'm just using the extra income to fulfill my, my goals or my, my dreams of practices, but I'm not realizing the you know, obviously, I'm not stressing about paying the bills anymore because there was a time in my life where I was really stressed about paying the bills. But I'm not driving new cars and building new houses and buying boats because that's just not what fulfills me. So you're exactly right. It, it's not just about the money. Money's important, but that really, at the end of the day, at the end of a career, you're not. I don't think you're going to look back and say I made twenty million bucks. Man, I'm happy. Right. No, the, the happiness comes from other things. Right.
0: Going back to this thing about I struggle with this even now is this thing about like oh you know that you know like we don't even take a second to celebrate what we have accomplished. We're on to the next thing. And I guess yep. it's just it's in us, and I think it starts from the time you're a kid. Who becomes a doctor? Usually the kid who gets 90, and you know can go through a lot of pain and, you know, a lot of years of education and stuff, right? So it's drilled in us that work hard, hard, and go to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. It's almost like habit. It's like, you know, brushing your teeth. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, habits sometimes are hard to break. And I think that continues with us for the rest of our lives. And uh, one thing I've realized is, you know, again, because we are creatures of habit, usually we go to the next thing that society tells us to go for. So, for example, or that degree or that diploma or that certification or, you know, that next $100,000 or whatever that is, right? Or that next, you know, peer award or whatever that outside thing is. But a lot of times we don't take the time to ask ourselves, what do we want? You know, what's important to us? Maybe it's spending time with the kids. Maybe it's giving back. Maybe it's, you know, um, you know seeing fewer patients and really getting to know the patients and really doing an amazing job for them. So I think the more you ask yeah. those questions, you can redefine what, what success means, you don't have to kind of, oh yeah, it's, you know, half a million, a million. That's not, even though that's what, you know, you're supposed to do, at least you think you're supposed to do, because that's what everybody else is doing, but it doesn't have to be that way. And usually, that's, at least in my case, I found, you can start shifting, the way you'd start defining, what success means, and what happiness means.
1: The paradigm shift, you're right. Let's,
0: Continue so we you kind of got me focused on that morning huddle. I I want to learn more about that morning huddle. I love what you told me Tell me more
1: Okay Um, Well, we go through we have a checklist That uh, one of my key employees fills out the night before and I'm going from memory here I don't have the checklist in front of me, but here here's the basics. Okay. Are all of our lab cases in you know Um, if we're going to have a custom shade by the ceramist is that ceramist confirmed Um, where are any potential scheduling bottlenecks today where are we going to be stressed and super busy where do we need help from other employees that in areas that aren't aren't normally their areas Um, where do we have openings in our schedule where can we slide in same-day treatment out of hygiene? Where can we slide in uh, that phone call toothache? Um, we look at the schedule. We're going to go through the patients, and we're going to say, uh, if there's anybody that had um, an experience that we're not proud of, you know, maybe um, they had a crown that didn't fit, and this is the second try at seating the crown, or... Um, They had to wait in the waiting room longer than you would like on their last visit. We're going to identify those patients, and we're going to make sure that we roll out the red carpet for them. Uh, We're going to identify any patients uh, with special circumstances. Do we know their mom is sick, or do we know they have a divorce, or do we know that they just celebrated an anniversary? We're going to identify those things. We're gonna talk about our financial goals. I'm very, very open with my team about our monthly goals. We talk about overhead, we talk about production, we talk about collections, and we talk about new patient numbers. So where are we? Have we achieved any of our goals? Are we on track to meet our goals? Are we behind? Um, We've really been focusing on increasing revenue through our hygiene department. So uh, we've got a dry erase board in our uh, meeting room, and we've devised a game where everybody earns points helping the hygiene department grow. So we're gonna talk about um, what the fluoride acceptance was the day before, or sealant acceptance, and we're gonna review that, just take a glance at the scoreboard and see who's doing well. Um, we may ask you know, one hygienist, you're on fire, you're on fire with your fluoride acceptance, what are you doing? What verbiage are you using? How are you doing this? Uh, so, um, then what else will we talk about? Um, we'll look at... Uh, the, I see a know, few symptoms. teams
0: here. One is, um, you're anticipating and you're planning. Right. So it's almost like before you go to the interview, you kind of, in your mind, run through the interview, right? Uh, because, right. you know, you're ready because you can think of all the questions and so forth. So that's one I see. Second is, you're being very purposeful so you have goals. You're really... You know thinking about them you know if it's important to you better think about them right so that's the second thing I'm saying third thing I'm saying is you're learning and growing you know and you're appreciating so hey you had an amazing day you know what can we learn from you
1: right that's right uh, any other things they, that underlie your, your morning well under- you talked about t- talking about the things that are important to you there's a quote I can't tell you who said it but it said uh, things that are measured improve things that are measured and reported on improve exponentially all right okay so we measure and we report constantly we have uh every wednesday at lunch we have one hour blocked off and all my employees stay on the clock and i buy them lunch and we have a growth meeting and we may talk about how to use better verbiage on the phone we may talk about what the benefits of fluoride are to our patients we may talk about the connection between periodontal disease and cardiovascular disease but the point is every wednesday we set aside an hour i take care of lunch i keep them on the clock and we grow as a team
0: that's amazing this is, a Actually,
1: this is a, yeah. to me this is this is the culture of the office if somebody's not uh, on board with learning and self-improvement and education. They're not on board with being grateful uh, for what they've got and being motivated and being happy. They don't fit our culture. And you have to right. give them an opportunity to fit that culture. But ultimately, if they're not part of the culture, if they're not with you, they're they're against you. And you got to get rid of that because that one energy vampire, that one bad apple is going to drain the life the rest of your amazing team that's this is culture to me
0: absolutely. Let's start from the beginning. How do you find the right person who fits your culture?
1: Uh, you know, I'm really not sure I can answer that. I've had a difficult time um with employees retaining employees um that fit that culture. I really have a strong core group, but as we grow. The core group stays there and they're steady as a rock. With our growth, we have to continue to hire new people to keep up with the demand. And uh, it seems like we have to rotate through one or two newbies to find the right one. One thing I do in my my ads for uh, employment, I include our core values and I include our mission statement in that ad. I make sure I talk about that uh, during an interview, and I make sure I talk about the culture and and what we expect. I like to set very clear expectations with potential employees on how we operate here and, and what it's going to take for them to be happy and successful and for me to be happy with them as a member of our team.
0: I love the, your honesty and your humility and accepting that, hey, this may not be an idea that I'm perfect in just yet. Uh, but looking back at the core team that has stuck with you, what what are the characteristics that make them amazing? Meaning, as far as your culture is concerned,
1: they are so dependable and so trustworthy that uh, I feel like they'd uh, walk across fire for me. And they share; we share a common vision. We all embrace self improvement and growth, and. and um, and trustworthiness, I think, is really uh, positivity. These are all mainstays in our core group.
0: So what, what you're telling me, I'm just, correct me if I'm wrong, is, is that they buy into your values, you know, appreciation, um, you know, caring for others, you know, continually improving, et cetera. And, and that is the loyalty between you and them. It's not theirs, it's not yours, it's ours that's right that vision and uh it looks to me like um on one hand some mindset that you all have you know we are we appreciate we look for the positives we grow right on the other hand you all believe in what you're doing i mean i guess what you talked about in the morning huddle you know the paragraph and going through the you know the values and so forth um You know, it's not just lip service; it's it's real for them. Now, looking at some of the other people who kind of come in and go out, I guess maybe it's just a culture shock. They're not used to this, so they're like woo woo, and they just, you know, maybe just um, takes them a while to adjust. I don't know. I'm just wondering, but I guess you have a busy practice, so you don't have time for them to adjust. Is that
1: what might be something that's going on? I think it's deeper than that. I think I don't think that I can. Instill these beliefs in these people. I don't think it's something that they, I don't hmm. think using the term buying into is the right thing. I think it has to be a part of them. And then you can polish it and embrace it and grow it. But if they don't have a little bit of each of those qualities that they believe in without me, I can't put it there.
0: Right, right. Interesting. So you talked about the morning huddle which you, you said is probably the most, you know, like uh, one of the most important things we should touch on. Now, when we talk about culture, what what's the next thing you think we should talk about?
1: Culture, uh, the way that we interact with our patients. We have an amazing uh, culture that surrounds how we take care of our patients. Uh, let me walk you through our patient experience here. And uh, I'm giving away some, some really good good stuff here, so everybody get your get your pens ready to take notes. Uh, these are some of my, my big things that I coach on. One of my favorite things to do, the very first part of my treatment plan presentation starts the night before the patient comes in, the new patient. I call each and every one of my new patients the night before they come in. It only takes 30 seconds. Most of the time, I get a voicemail. All I say is, my name is Ben Kakus. I'm the new dentist you're coming to see tomorrow. I'm really excited to meet you. I want you to know I'm going to take great care of you. You have nothing to worry about. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow. And that sets the tone. That patient is now starting to form a perception about me before they've ever met me. And my goal is for them to form a perception that I'm a great guy and that I'm trustworthy and that I have a great reputation. And then when the patient comes in, they get a a new patient gift. They're greeted by name. We're expecting them. We have a smile on our face. We're upbeat. We ask them questions, specific questions, and we listen to their answers. We ask them about their family, their occupation, and their recreation. And if there's anything remarkable there, we write it down. And we make notes. And we send home notes like crazy. We probably send home a dozen notes a day that say, uh, happy birthday, happy anniversary, congratulations on finishing that 5K race, uh, good luck at the karate tournament, uh, "You know, get well soon, um, we heard about your surgery, we hope you're doing your Recovery goes smoothly. We're sending home these notes signed by myself and everybody else on my team on a daily basis. We're sending home welcome letters to all our new patients, calling our patients and checking in on them at night after they've received treatment. We have a culture of caring and showing that you care. We have a culture of appreciating that internal internal referral. So we want our patients to know how grateful we are when they send somebody they care about to our practice.
0: I think we should talk to you one you know one whole episode about you know how you do that you know how do yeah, you yeah
1: absolutely yeah I I'm sure
0: that I can we can spend a whole hour talking about you know how you do that but I I understand what you're doing you you're saying you know. We live in a world where it's me, 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 and what's in it for me, and you guys are all about you, 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 you know, starting with that initial phone call the day before or the night before to asking and listening to their, you know, asking those questions and listening about them, not about you, and then remembering it and then doing something about it, you know, that anniversary letter. Is that a handwritten personal letter that gets mailed, or how does that
1: work? So, one of my employees spends a lot of time on Google Images, and she just, downloads all sorts of images there you know if somebody's going on a cruise to the bahamas she'll print out a picture of a tropical island or you know wedding bells if somebody's getting married these sorts of things get well soon cards and maybe somebody you know a sick puppy with a thermometer in its mouth whatever the image is she's printing these images all day long and we have these funny little pens from 19 the 1980s those pens that have you know, five different colors on them, and we each sign with a short message. Each of these notes in a different color ink, and we do mail those through the snail mail every day.
0: Wow! So you you print them out, and then you make short notes on those print out printed out pages, and then you send it out. By That's
1: mail. exactly right.
0: Amazing. Did you figure this out, or did you learn this from someone?
1: You know, I I really think that, that was one of my ideas. So many of my ideas I've learned from mentors, but that one is one of mine.
0: That's awesome. So why did you feel this is part of your culture, that idea of caring? You feel that's really, really important? You know, because, I mean, at the end of the day, you're saying that, the fact that you might know that you've taken this course or that course, or you have this machine or that machine, doesn't mean as much as you are a human, I care about you, I'm a human.
1: I think patients want to be appreciated and they want to feel comfortable. Hmm. Everybody is nervous when they go to any type of doctor or dentist. And forming that that relationship of trust with that patient where they can feel more comfortable and relaxed in your office, that you're going to do the best you can for them and that you're doing what's best for that patient. I think that, uh, that's one of those feelings that you can't put a price tag on versus going to a cold, sterile doctor's office where the window slides open and they say, you know, sign in next. and And there's no, emotional connection there. I think that patient is going to be more apprehensive to accept treatment. I think that patient is going to be less likely to refer a friend to that office. I think that patient's going to feel uh, less appreciated because at the end of the day, without your patients, you're not going to pay the bills. So you I do appreciate each and every one of my patients. They've afforded me the lifestyle that I have.
0: Right. Right. We talked about, you know, your team and the morning huddle. We talked about, you know, your patient experience um, and, and how that's part of your culture, that caring, you know, experience. Let's talk about the tough times. Let's talk about the good times. How do you think about these, and what do you, as the leader, how do you behave, or you should behave?
1: I'll share the darkest point in my career with you. I had a hygienist who did not fit our culture, uh, and she was very charismatic. She'd been a hygienist in this practice for 25 years, and she had a very loyal following. But she didn't treat the patients I wanted them to be treated. She wasn't respectful to the other staff. She didn't meet the level of care that I wanted to provide in this office. And she didn't give two flips about it. And we had multiple conversations about these issues. And for her, it was all about the money. And she didn't care about the the care that she provided. She didn't care about the impact she had on other people's lives. by being disrespectful and rude, and um, I had to let her go. I had to fire her. It was a decision that I thought about for a long time. It was a decision I knew was gonna hurt me financially, but I had to do it. And when I did it, man, she unleashed the wrath of hell on me. She got on the internet and just butchered me on social media. And people that had never met me in their life began to butcher me on her behalf. They'd never even seen me, couldn't pick me out of a lineup. And I think I lost easily 200 patients over that whole deal. That was a really, really tough, scary time for me. The patient, patients were calling the office every day asking for their records, lots of them. And I'm thinking to myself, what have I done? You know, should I have done this? Should I have just bit my tongue and kept her happy and turned a blind eye to the way she was treating my staff, turned a blind eye to the way she was not respecting my goals, my vision, my dream, turned a blind eye to the way she was treating her patients clinically? And it, it I couldn't do that. And it made a financial impact. And um it took a year for me to dig out of that hole in the hygiene department. Now uh, my hygiene department is doing more money, more production, more collections than it was with her here. I have patients that are here because they believe in me. They don't believe in her. Um, and I have team members that embrace the culture that we've spent so much time talking about today. And I wouldn't trade that for anything. And when we were going through that dark time and everybody here was scared, I just kept telling them, guys, we're going to do what we're going to do. We're going to do what we're good at. We're not going to talk bad about her. We're not going to badmouth her. We're not going to reply to any of these horrible, egregious things that are on social media. We're going to rise above it because the cream always rises to the top. And we're just going to keep being better people. And one day, the world will realize that we were the better people there. And that's what we've done. That's
0: amazing. I mean that takes God, that takes courage. That takes a lot of things and uh, it's amazing. And um I I just thought of something real quick. I know you said getting it right in terms of finding somebody who fits your culture sometimes, it's a hit and miss for you. How do you kind of figure out once they are there that it's not going to work out. Is that Does it take you long? Um, uh, how do you just figure that out?
1: You know, it's funny. Usually they weed themselves out. I guess they just don't feel comfortable being surrounded by motivated, self-improving, positive people. You know? Do mm. um, so
0: they usually I've had quit l- on their own?
1: Yeah, they do. Mm. Uh, I've fired a few people. Um, but they usually wanted to be fired. They were doing things that were so outlandish. They were asking me to let them go. You know, they were doing things that they knew they shouldn't do, and they knew they couldn't get away with it any office. You know, I've had some, some employees that needed some some coaching, and I try. We work a lot on that, on coaching and self improvement. And one of the things I do. If an employee is not, you know, fitting in, as I share that book, The Energy Bus, with them. Um, And I share another book uh, called The Miracle Morning uh, with my patients. You read that one? Yes. Al Elrod. In fact, I just hired two new employees, and I gave them those books when I hired them. Just, I think you should read these. I'm uh, not that you need them, but I think you should read them because they tell you a lot about who I am. And so I've All given right. those books to employees that were not fitting in in the past, and uh, some of them it worked, and some of them it didn't. All right. Amazing.
0: So we talked about hiring, firing, the darkest moments. Um. What else can you tell me about culture?
1: Culture, when you have the right culture in place and you foster the right culture, it becomes its own creature. And it's amazing to sit back and watch it work without your involvement. When your staff is all in and they're fully committed to the culture, They rely on the culture to make their decisions every day. You know, they rely on the core values and the mission statement when they have a decision facing them throughout the day. And it's really cool to see the loyalty that this culture brings and to see how employees will rally around you and will rally around the practice.
0: Right. That's amazing. Let's talk about um, appreciation. Like, you know, uh, what's your take on it? I mean, internally, externally? Appreciation,
1: yeah, it's just so, so important for me. You know, I am one of those folks that just, I'm goal after goal after goal. And I have these talks with one of my personal coaches and mentors on a routine basis that, you know, he'll say, Man, you're crushing it. Like have you have you seen have you seen this uh performance indicator? Let's say have you seen your new patients or have you seen what you collected last month or have you you know have you seen where your coaching is going now? And sometimes it takes somebody else to to say to me, Man, look look what you've achieved, this is good you're really doing something here you should be happy about this and that's a bad thing I think that we need we should be able to identify these victories on our own and and we should be able to enjoy them and so I really have to make a concerted effort to be uh, grateful you know on a daily basis grateful when I when I feel my energy dropping or I feel uh, like I'm falling short somewhere I have to stop myself and go. Whoa! Wait a second, bud. Look at what's going right. This is—you have so much going for you right now. You have no reason, and and you don't have the grounds to be unhappy right now. You just—you just don't have. You can't do that. Right. I didn't say that very eloquently, but you have to stop that negative mindset and take a step back and put yourself in somebody else's shoes you know, that has a fraction of what you have. Right.
0: I think one of the concepts I learned, you might like this, is um, most of us know what our next goalpost is because we look at the horizon and we know okay, where we want to go next. And always the horizon is in front of us. It's never behind us, right? So we get there and, oh, yeah, now it's further ahead. It's moved up, right? And it never, you know, so we feel like, because we are not at the horizon and it keeps moving, you know, away from us, that we are not accomplishing, you or know, we are not as as good as we are. So one of the ways I do it, um, I learned from my mentor is look back and you measure progress. So you have you yeah. look forward in terms of where you want to go, but every day look back what you accomplished yesterday. Every month or every year look back what have you accomplished yesterday or last year. And trust me, if you spend five minutes, you will realize you have so many things. That you should, you, need, you should be you know happy about because you know most of us, especially the type A's, uh we have done a lot, right? You know, just we have accomplished a lot. It's just that we don't look back, we don't take the right. moment to celebrate. And um, hmm. and I think it shifts the mind. What happens is when you are when you look back and you're like, this is amazing. Then that happiness, that that positivity helps you. Have another amazing day, another amazing month, another yep. amazing quarter. Yeah. As opposed to you look, look at the horizon and oh, this sucks, that sucks, and I'm not there yet. You're
1: right. And the oh, negativity
0: man. creates more negativity, right?
1: Yep. That uh, that's nothing but net right there, man. You you hit the nail on the head.
0: Thank you. In terms of um, in terms of appreciation and team members, and appreciation and patience, what are some of your insights?
1: You know, I, every single night, uh, at the end of the day, I thank my employees. And it's not just a bullshit thank you. It's a real thank you. It's a thank you so much for your hard work. You know, I saw what you did when we got behind today. Or I saw how crazy it was when all those phones were ringing. You did awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. I do that every night. Um we do some staff appreciation things. Uh, nothing groundbreaking, you know. We'll we'll go and and you know have a cookout or you know little financial bonuses out of the blue here and there, just to to say thank you. Um, and and that's a big thing. Pay, that means a lot to employees when you can recognize something, an area where they went above and beyond or really rose to the occasion, and you saw it, I think it's very impactful to recognize them for that. And I'll do that in the morning huddles also. I'll say, you know, Laurie Larry did this yesterday and uh, made me really proud. Or Stephanie, Stephanie had 100% pride acceptance yesterday. Way to go, Stephanie.
0: All right. And do you do them privately in a group setting, or does it really matter?
1: Both. I don't have a strict rule of thumb. You know, the last employee that was here with me last night, it was 6 o'clock p.m. She was just walking out, and I just took two minutes and just told her how much I appreciated her hard work and uh, what it meant to me. And uh, she she had one of those real genuine smiles you know it it really made her feel good and she really felt appreciated
0: that's amazing how do you deal with the bad days the 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 things not working out do do you um do you like i I don't know i'm sure you've grown like i have and i'm still growing in this area i mean being you know somebody who wants you know something better or you know who wants to strive more, you see those bad things, right? You see those things that are not perfect. So how do you deal with them? Like, how, what, what are some of the lessons you've learned?
1: I try to just uh, take a step back and um, think about what went wrong, how I could prevent it, and um, how we're going to move forward. We talk about preventable... stressful situations a lot around here so we may take a growth meeting if we had particularly stressful situation we'll identify that situation and what created it and how we're going to prevent that from ever having happening again
0: this is amazing I think I can keep talking to you for hours Um, but I, I do yeah, we need, do need to wrap up, and I would love to have you back at some point. Um, can, yeah. if, if somebody wants to get a hold of you or kind of learn more about some of your ideas, what are some of the things they can check out?
1: Yeah, so uh, my CE website is exploreeducationce.com. My personal email is b k a c os at gmail dot com.
0: So it's explore education c e dot com and b k a c o s. That's that is B for Dr. Ben, your last name Kacos, which is spelled K A C O S. B K A C O S at gmail dot com.
1: That's it.
0: Any final words before we wrap up um,
1: and i'm I'm so flattered that you invited me. I'm excited to to host another podcast with you. Look forward to it.
0: Thank you very much dr Dr. Ben. I just enjoy myself. This is amazing. Thanks a lot for your time. and uh, I look forward to seeing you again. And once again, everyone, thank you for listening to another episode. And today, your guest is Dr. Ben Keikos. Thank you.